Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to my independence report. I'm afraid that today I have some really sad news. Eric Hall, who normally does this time slot with me, he went and he had a vaccine on Monday. And, of course, that was the... Wait! Wait! No! There he is! (laughs) Hi, everybody, didn't I? There for a moment. You caught me. No, I was just telling everybody that uh, you had passed away on Monday because you had the vaccine. And, yeah, well, and... <laughs> it felt like it for a moment, man. <laughs> so <laughs> he, need, he needed to get some cannabis out, and here he is. And by the way, um, the Department of Transportation is about ready to knock on your door. They are? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. everybody knows everybody listens to this and so they they said oh that that guy's a bus driver and he's smoking something it's tobacco it's, in know. fact it's it's uh i do not get paid by these people but this is called potlatch oh very it nice a product from from england and it's a very nice uh it's a very nice pipe uh tobacco and my doctor i saw my doctor last week and she suggested that i start staying away from smoking so i got a larger so i got a larger <laughs> pipe and i'm a little farther away from smoking than i was a week ago we all make progress in our own in our own way so i'm glad i'm glad you're working at that and you're making progress see and uh, i never I, I i when i was young i smoked and then i quit for 15 years and then i started again uh when i started driving a bus oddly enough oddly enough <laughs> <laughs> And uh, um, had to get rid of the stress somehow. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, um, but when I was a kid, I tried to smoke a pipe. Now, smoking a pipe is completely different than smoking cigarettes. It is. Be- yeah. Because if you inhale a pipe tobacco, like I did the first time I did that, I threw up instantly. It was. Yeah, like- I would do that to you. Yeah. So so I can't I don't see any redeeming value in smoking a pipe. Now, there's some people there's a friend of mine. His name is Rick Burns. He 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 I don't know if he still does, but he did for a long time. Yeah, he taught Uh, me how to smoke a pipe. He tried to teach me and I almost threw up right in his lap. And so, that was, you know, I have never been able to figure that out. So but I'm glad that you're doing it. That is working well. and, And by the way, I was right. And I was correct that you did have a uh, vaccine shot this week. How did that go? You know, it uh, went very, very well. I was really surprised because Tuesdays and Wednesdays are my days off. And I became uh, available to get the vaccine on a Monday. So I woke up Tuesday morning, determined that I'd at least set up the appointment, uh, assuming that it would take me at least a week, maybe two weeks to get an appointment. So I went online to search how to go about and do this. And Lo and behold, uh, the Fred Meyer, not far from my house, 1.63 miles away, had an opening at 11 o'clock. Now, I started searching at 
9 o'clock. So it was two hours later. I was home by 11.30 with my first uh, Pfizer shot in my arm. Oh, very I was nice. absolutely amazed. Yeah, and it didn't cost, you know, there was no cost involved. Uh, it was very well run. Had the uh, interesting conversation with uh, the gentleman that was uh, giving the shots, the pharmacist, who I guess was uh, passing out uh, 30, 30 vaccines a day, which doesn't sound like much, you know, because I asked him, how many are you doing a day of these? And he said, well, I'm doing 30. I said, that surprises me. I figured you'd be doing a lot more. And he says, well, keep in mind, I'm also trying to run a pharmacy as well. And I said, oh, yeah, I get that. So they only then book, they only, because you have to make a reservation to go there and, mm -hmm. and, and or an appointment. Um, a reservation would be a restaurant. Um, th this would be an appointment for a doctor. And I so you. So. <laughs> but these are drugs. These are drugs. So it's, yeah. you know, and he, however you want to word it. You're, supposed to, you're <laughs> the wordsmith. You're supposed to know this stuff, not me. <laughs> and, but he, uh, but uh, so apparently they only have, they, they only plan on having 30 appointments a day. That sounds about right. That sounds about right. You know, and it was interesting as I was making the appointment, because there was, I was actually signing up for the 1045 appointment, but I wasn't moving along fast enough. And by the time I clicked the button, somebody had already grabbed the 1045. Hey, and I had to submit for the 11 o'clock appointment. So it was in live action appointment booking. <laughs> <laughs> Very well, competitive. That... Very competitive. Yeah, yes, indeed. That was, that had to be fun. That had to yeah. be fun. So uh, now, of course, uh, uh, Eric is an active bus driver. I'm a, a semi. Well, I'm not active at all. Um, I'm I'm on disability leave. But uh, um, so you started a new your new routes and your new routes are going fine. Yes, new routes are terrific. I uh, my main routes I do three days a week during during the week are uh, West Seattle. And I pick up some commuters in the morning and bring them in. Very few commuters, you know, on this route. And then break during midday. And then I start my route out in Northgate and bring in, oh, I don't know what, I don't know. They're not commuters. Uh, they're people coming into town. I guess people in, I haven't been able to play. I don't know what they're doing. They're, you know, people, they're not homeless. They're not all homeless people. Uh, various people with various interests in coming to Seattle. Yep. I guess that's how you would say that. And Route 40, I'll just say it on the air. Route 40 is a beautiful route because you start in Northgate. You go uh, up through Ballard and by Lake Union, which is gorgeous, you know, yep. Uh, yep. beautiful days. You cross the Fremont Bridge and by Lake Union, then you go downtown, down through the Amazon, what I call the Amazon jungle. Because if uh, the people that have been down to the Amazon area, it truly is an amazing area, in my opinion. Before COVID hit, now things could change again. But before COVID hit, in my opinion, it was like stepping into 20 years into the future and how business would be done. Oh, wow. Yeah, because dogs, of course, are part of the equation in the workforce in that part of uh, the world. You know, the younger computerized uh, uh, work folk, 
they get to have their companion animals with them. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, it is. So they get on their bus, you know, with their dogs in various states. You know, they've got the backpacks or they carry the little pooches or they've got the big dogs that, you know, that lead them onto the bus. And there's dog cafes that are set up exclusively to feed dogs. They've got indoor dog parks. And for those that have seen these Amazon spheres, these gorgeous uh, geodesic domes that made of glass and they've got this uh, beautiful large plants growing and the concept the work concept is fascinating i haven't been able to get in there yet for a tour but i've been able to use the restroom in there <laughs> <laughs> but the concept is uh, very few people have an actual assigned space nobody really has an office but people have desks that they meet at and then they go meet somebody else and they wander around with their little critters you know and the bathrooms they have a, a like a door where you go use the toilet uh that's uh you know you i can go in there and then mrs jones might come in next and then mr lee and then whoever so they're you know co-op toilets and then there's a large uh set of sinks set up and then uh, a mirror where people can fix themselves up, you know, so it's very relaxed sort of style of, you know, personal care. I assume that there's a door or a lock on the door. Yes, there is. There's a lock on the toilet door and it's no, full no, size. It's not one of those. Huh? Not the toilet door, the, the door to the bathroom so that you can't be standing there and, and a, no. So you could, so you could be standing there and a, a girl could walk in next. Well, on the toilet door, there's a lock, but on the mirror door, on the sink doors, it's just an open space. Oh, well, I, I get that. So you get the, you get privacy in your little cubicle, but uh, for for to do your business. But but normally there there if it's a multi, if everybody gets to go there, there's a lock on the door to the bathroom so that you can lock the door so you can be by yourself. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, just for the toilet. Yeah, but the sink and all that. Oh, I see what I see. What you're saying is yeah. that, that to get into the toilet area, there's a lock on that door. Yeah, just the toilet area. The sink and the sinks and all that are shared, but just the to individual toilets. So, like you and I, if we were at the stadium, there'd be a long trough, and we'd you know set up our positions and do our business. There's none of that there. There's individual toilets. Yeah, and, and of they course, there's their own doors. There's there's protocol and etiquette to using a trough like uh, toilet, uh, like at the Kingdom or something. So it's Kingdom, like it's a sports stadium or something. Is that you don't look left, and you don't look right. You can look and you down. You don't back up. And you don't back up. And you don't back up. You can look. You can look up. And, and stuff that you sure as hell don't want to look left or you don't want to look right. Oh, no, nope. you don't. No, you don't. No Some... sudden movements. Nope. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, there's a whole, a whole protocol on how that works. That's right. So people bring their dogs, and the restaurants are fascinating because most of the restaurants around there are healthy. And oh, they're God. quickly served. Yeah, they have, you, you know, health food. Sure. That, yeah, you know. A lot of vegetarian uh, food to choose from is very well prepared. I've eaten there, you know, a number of times. 
and it doesn't take any longer than it does to get a burger or burrito or any of that stuff. And it's very well priced, the same thing. And Amazon sets up these booths where they just pass out fruit. Anybody walking by. I've walked by there and, hey, you want a banana? And, you know, what? You want a banana? Yeah, I'll take a banana. You know, another day they're passing out oranges and there's plenty of, you know, homeless people walking through getting fruit and, you know, stuffing in their pockets and they hand them another one. It's, you know, it's wonderful. It's, it's kind of idyllic. And it's kind of the way we hope things should be, in my opinion. Yeah. Now, what goes along with that is those people are working very hard and they're probably putting in 50, 60 hours a week, maybe more. But yeah. boy, you know, all in all, they're not, you know, our generation was a three martini lunch. Yeah. So you make the comparison yourself, you know. Well, and, and the what they've done, see, there's a method to their madness. And they're, they're, the method is that they're, they demand, and Amazon does demand, a high output, a lot of work, a lot of hours. But in exchange for that, to keep their uh, work their, their uh, workforce healthy and motivated, they give them perks. And uh, that's which is better than most places, which the only perk that you get for working 60. I worked in restaurants for a long time. And the only perk I ever got was I got to go to work the next day. Um, right. Well, you got some free food, too. You might have to well, scrape off some dishes in the back when nobody's looking. Yeah, I, <laughs> yes, we didn't do that much, but but. Uh, yeah, you did. <laughs> no, no. The, the, honestly, the first the first time I'm I wanted to work in restaurants for a long time, and so I, I went and applied at a Denny's in in Bellevue. They said we don't have any openings, but there is one in downtown Seattle, which is really they used, yeah they used to call it Denny's Unit Number Ninety Five. Unit Number Ninety Five yeah. was was uh, uh, famous. It was right there next to uh, the Aurora where the, the yeah. uh, Aurora is, and in the shadow of uh, of the Space Needle, and and you all might know of... another friend of mine. I might. <laughs> Who might Talk that about... be? Onishi. Who? Onishi. Uh, nope, didn't know that. Well, I might. I, I don't know. I don't okay. know. Was he a cook? We'll talk later. Yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll talk later. But but the first so the first time I go to work there, and I'm going to be a busboy. And they say, all right, you clean, you, you take the uh, bus tub over and you put it here and then you clean all the table and you put it all there and, and then you uh, um, and then you take the bus tub back and then you give it to the dishwasher and you get a fresh bus tub and you go back out and you clear more tables and you wipe them and all that. So I was, uh, the first table that I went to was a, was a family of four and so it was messy and, and stuff. And so the first thing that I did is I stuck my finger in the, in the uh, um, in the butter dish and almost threw up. Oh uh, no! Because, well, because it's you're not used to dealing with other people's stuff, <laughs> and, and so it was food and it was messy and it was oh. But after a little while, you get used to dealing with other people's mess, and then you're fine. Yeah, it's kind of like cleaning hair out of the shower. It, it yeah, <laughs> especially when you're in a hotel. And it's somebody, and you know it's somebody else's hair. You just got there, and it's, uh, so, yeah, yeah. Well, and then, and, you know, 
you gotta love restaurant work. I, you know, if I, if if this was another world, I could do restaurant work. There's something about it, you know, that's energetic and fun and interactive. It's all that great stuff. It's a young person's game. You can't physically. I after about 40, 40, I couldn't do it anymore because it's long hours on your feet and all that, and and uh, it 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 can be tough. But it's also you get wonderful stories out of it, and some great friendships and 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 stuff. So it's I I enjoyed it thoroughly. I I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, but there came, came a time when it wasn't going to work for me anymore. Yeah, I can see you doing that. You know, on Amazon, speaking of Amazon, they've got a lot on the line there coming up in, what is that, Alabama? Alabama with the, with the, oh, oh, what's that mean? <laughs> without, that, that means, without, that means we're, we're going to make her throw up here pretty quick if we're oh, not careful. Okay. Oh, <laughs> Alabama with the union or not, you know, do yeah. they, do they go with the union or do they not? And it was interesting. They were talking, I think it was Bezos was talking. They consider themselves the Bernie Sanders of, uh, of corporations. Yeah. But uh, a Bernie Sanders, it's actually effective. It gets things done. Oh yeah. That was a, that was a heavy cut. I'm Shot to the midsection and I left to the head. <laughs> left um, <to> the head. <laughs> because if well, they get a union, if they get a union in Alabama, there's going to be a lot of unionization across the country. I well, yeah, getting a union in Alabama. I would like you to think about what you just said. <laughs> it's almost like getting a black female senator in yeah. Alabama. I know somebody is rolling around in their grave. I can tell you that right now. Oh man. <laughs> But you you had mentioned we were just getting started, and you mentioned that you decided you were going to go have have dinner in a, in a cafe, and of course, uh, you were dining alone. I assume. Yeah, as most times I do. <laughs> <laughs> and when you when you're dining alone, it's one of the reasons because I used to work in a restaurant. Yes. I, I, tend to, I tend not to go now. When I was traveling, you have to go because you got to eat, but. Sure. Uh, I'll never forget this. The guy comes into uh, the Denny's one time, and he's by himself. And one of the waitresses goes, "Oh, poor man, he doesn't have any friends." <laughs> That's pretty much so, it. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, so I was like, "Why? Well, we don't know." And he said, "Oh no, he comes in, he's always by himself. He never, has, never has anybody come with him, and it's really is a sad, sad." So, but, but what it does do when you're there by yourself and not occupied yes. in conversation, you yes. get to listen to others. Yes. <laughs> Tell us about that conversation. Well, you know, like uh, we have the ability not to listen to others, but uh, we know we shouldn't listen to others, but we don't have the ability to not listen to others, especially where the conversation gets absolutely fascinating. <laughs> now, <laughs> there was a divider between myself, you know, kind of a half wall between myself and the two gentlemen that were on the other side of these uh, half booths, you know, the single seat booths. And they were talking and and sooner rather than later, the conversation came around to politics and the, the part of the world I... I live in, you know, the neighborhood has pockets of 
Oh, well, it's a mixed neighborhood with people from both sides of uh, the political views. And they started talking about the current state of the virus and what a disaster it's been for the country, mm -hmm. which I thought was interesting because, you know, in my opinion, it certainly has. And, mm -hmm. uh, it turns out that these gentlemen's view of the virus, you know, the, the masks has been an extreme uh extreme violation of personal rights and all of this is a is a plot you know to open the door to you know communism just warming us up as a communism takeover and democrats are seizing on this virus to push a communist plot onto the american people as we have you know so many times in the past supported <laughs> communism and the the virus is a mechanism when a person is given the vaccination, their mind opens up and we start to accept communism as a normal way of life. We're, we're altered. Our mind becomes altered into communism. Now, it was about this time that uh, I, was I was pretty much finished with my meal and after that sentence, I was pretty much finished with my meal. <laughs> so I asked for a to-go box as these gentlemen were finishing, you know, the conversation that would end all the problems with the world. And I paid my, <laughs> I gave the, the, my credit card to the, to the waiter and he charged it up for me. I signed it. And I stood up so I could get a good look at these guys, you know, because I, I was so curious and i was really trying not to be rude <laughs> really i really was but i had to get a look and i had really take in what i had to see it and forgive me for having prior judgments you know but good lord you know god help us but these guys you know they they had a lot in common they were both you know fully bearded with the white beard you know 60 70 years old and they had uh, uh the white or they had the trucker caps on and they had the, both had a fisherman's vest on with the plaid shirts with a t-shirt underneath that i don't know what that said and um they there's probably seven nicotine stained teeth between them <laughs> <laughs> and that that was all i took in you know and i thought about paying their bill just for the heck of it just because the the, the way it shook my bones, um, you know, how do you, how, how else would I get my bones shaken from that? Because those guys vote. And where, where on earth, because these guys didn't come up with that idea. Nope. Nope, they, they did didn't not. come up with that idea. They, this is something that they came across. This is something that was fed to them. Well, you know what, you know what in my world is scary? What's that? That conversation with my 90-year-old mother. That's 90 born in 1930. She'll be 91 in November. She's 90. Oh, Did I say God. she was 90? And oh. she we were having this conversation. And I said, Well, gosh, mom, you know, even on Woodby Island, which is where she lives, I said, I'm sure that you can get you of anybody being 90, you're in a high risk group. You can get the vaccine. I'm sure of that. Have you checked into that yet? I think they'll come out and do it to her. 
You probably come here. Yeah, they, they probably would. Yeah. They probably would. And she said no. And I said, "You're why not?" She said, "I'm not going to get it." I said, "Mom, do I have to remind you that you're 90 years old and that if that if you get it, it will kill you?" That she's got throat issues. She's got uh, some lung issues. If she were to get it, it will kill her. There is no question about it. And uh, she said, nope, she's not going to do it. She is now watching a program called Newsmax. Have you, oh, are you familiar yeah, with Newsmax? I, I am familiar with that because I've had a conversation with a gentleman. That is his only news source. And it is, and that's where these two guys, I'm sure, heard either that one or the or the alternative one, which is they give you the shot, and there are microbes in the shot that are going to turn you into a card carrying communist or something like that. Um, and and so I, I I don't know who I'm going to sue, but I feel like I'm going to sue somebody if she catches it and dies. Because it also means, because I said to her, I said, well, you know, mom, I want you to think about this for a moment. You have grandkids. You have great grandkids. Um, you've got a daughter who's about to be 70. Uh, her, her, um, her husband is uh, going to be 73 or something like that. I'm 63. We're, none of us are in the prime of health and we're all old folks. We can't see you if you don't get the vaccine because we're not going to take a risk that you are carrying the vaccine and you're going to hurt the children or hurt us because and so you're going to isolate yourself she said no i'm not i'm not that's all going to go away this is all just a big oh just a big hoax that and is it's heartbreaking like, man it, it's it is that i was i was brought up by somebody as stupid as that i'm sorry to say oh. Because that doesn't make any sense at all to me at all. And uh, so I was talking with my sister about it, and she was like, well, we talked about it too, and I can't get her to, to budge an inch. She is convinced because of the news outlets that she listens to and will not listen to anybody else that, uh, um, that this is all true and that uh, bad things are going to happen and, and that they're going to come. The socialists are going to come and take everything. And I said, okay, Mom, well, I'll tell you what. Why don't you do this? Maybe this is why she's mad at me. Um, why, don't you, why don't you do this? Uh, when are you going to deny your Social Security? Huh? When are you going to stop taking Social Security? Well, why would I do that? Because that's a socialist program. When are you going to stop taking Medicare? Well, why would I do that? I need the medical insurance. That's a socialist program. We have made the decision that we are going to take care of you old farts in your old age. I'm about to be there so I can call myself an old fart. And uh, we, so we can say, we can say, you know, that uh, we are, we're, we're taking advantage of, of the government and because those are socialist programs that we, that we all as a, as a society have decided that socially we are going to take care of our, our disadvantage of uh, food stamps this is another one. There's, there's no, if you need food stamps, if you need to eat something, then that's we have decided as a society that we're going to take care of people that need to be fed. Uh, those are all socialist programs. At least, at least, in, unless you can, unless being the wordsmith that you are, you can come up with a better word. Oh, you know, see, that's that's the thing. Republicans have been ahead of the curve about demonizing 
yes. Democrats for, you know, decades. And I think we can uh, firstly thank Newt Gingrich for making it grandiose in demonizing people. Contract with America. Yep. And until on the horizon, in my opinion, this is all in the horizon about freedom of speech. They're painting it as freedom of speech. That's the rise of newsbacks and QAnon and, you know, stuff like that because they're hiding behind the guise of freedom of speech. They can say what they want. Now, we have always had freedom of speech. We can always say what we want, but we've always had to be responsible in it. You know, we, we can say the cliche, you can't yell fire in a theater. That's right. criminal. And we accept that as common sense because nobody really wants to hurt anybody. You know, nobody with common sense, nobody with a sense of civility to them anyway. But these people with their generations, with their decades of learned hate, thanks to the beginnings of Newt Gingrich and his ilk and the rise of uh, uh, Fox News and uh, Rush Limbaugh, may he rest ever, uh, not so much in peace, but in a, in a, a sense of learning of his uh, ways for the rest of eternity. Because that mindset exists is why we have people like Newsmax and Fox and your dear mother, who is probably, with your existence, obviously, is capable of good common sense and raising good people and knows what is right and wrong. And something in her life, you know, she got brainwashed. There's cases out there where people have gone and said, they brainwashed my dad. Fox News brainwashed my dad. And they're talking about Tucker Carlson and they're talking about Sean Hannity and what was that? Uh, what was that other guy that uh, Bill O'Reilly? Bill O'Reilly. Good Lord! You know these people are just toxic. They're just toxic, and for the most part, I think they know it. Rush Limbaugh knows it that he was toxic, and for God's sake, so does uh, uh, Hannity and Tucker Carlson. They know. They know they're spewing garbage. Tucker Carlson has been in court, and. Their defense was, well, people of common sense know that we're that what we say doesn't have anything to do with reality. And if they really believe us, then they're crazy. Right. That was basically their defense. Now, why don't they run that at the beginning and end of their show? <laughs> that alone would make them good faith actors if they did that. Not doing that makes them bad faith actors. You know, if they truly believe in freedom of speech, run that. Have all the fun you want and say anything you want. The sky is green right now. That sky behind you on that uh, in that screen, that's that's green sky. Sue me. Yep, it's 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 pea soup. That's what's pea back soup. there. Pea soup. That's well, right. And well, and I'll give you. This is how, in my opinion, how sick it is. Now, as you know, because you're on it right now, I have a podcast that I do, which is my independence report. And the whole idea is to make it positive and uplifting and fun for people to listen to. And we tell the truth and uh, uh, we work to uh, eliminate hate, division and fear. And we did all that. And if somebody came to me with a uh, million dollars and said, I'll tell you what, you have a platform. 
And I, what I want you to do is I'm going to give you this million dollars, and then I want you to take the platform, trash it, and then become a right-wing zealot. That's what these folks, that's what, that's the money that these folks generate. That's why Fox News does what they do, is they position themselves in a conservative position because that's where they can generate money. They can get advertising. Coke Brothers. Yes. And 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 other and other groups and other people and they and that are of a conservative. Although I can I gotta tell you, you're you're the word guy. What does conservative mean anymore? I don't know. Oh, it's totally abstract now. You and I are probably more conservative than Fox News people. Probably. I, We're probably I, more fiscally. I used to consider myself a conservative. I used to, you know, forgive me, and I've changed. When I was uh, 21, I was a Republican, and I yeah. voted for, Roger, uh, for Reagan. I did twice. And did you? Yeah, I did too. And I thought it was the right thing to do, you know. And as I grew up and learned more about the world, you know, I saw the error of my ways. Well, but Nancy, I, I just <laughs> I can't, Nancy, I can't remember what I think. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that, that was it. But I thought the guy was such a good image for America. I thought so too. He he was, you know, he was sharp. He dressed nice. He, if you gave him the right lines and the right order, he could say him nice. <laughs> and that was so important. It was. It really was. <laughs> and he drove a nice car. Man, those cars were beautiful. Yeah, he had a nice horse that he when he went out west Jesus into the Christ. Yeah, you know. But then, but, uh, you know, that's why we're twenty, and that's why we grow up. But uh, so, what was my point? <laughs> Oh, yeah. I, so then we learn, you know, we learn about him uh, passing uh, the trickle down economics and how we lost uh, our sense of uh, smaller economies and cultures. Like uh, back in those days, you could stay here in Seattle and get a sense of Seattle food and Seattle business with Ernst Hardware and pay and pack. Oh my you God. Know, you do have a good memory. That goes back I, to you. Ivers, Ivers Seafood and um, Sea Galley uh, was another one. You, know, you remember Sea Galley? Yeah. See, I worked at Sea Galley. So, see, see, now as they, a busboy. Yes. <laughs> Just a real quick story. You know what happened to Sea Galley? I figured out what happened to Sea Galley when I was at the Total Lake store. I was the assistant manager and the, uh -oh. and the, uh, Regional sales or the regional manager was there at two o'clock in the morning with a guy who was the owner of Sea Galley. Uh, uh -oh. I won't say his name because he'll probably sue me, uh -oh. but they were drinking scotch at two o'clock in the morning. Of course, everybody's supposed to leave at two o'clock in the morning, and they uh -oh. said, All right, just close, just lock the door, we'll be fine. And so I figured at that point, well, you know. If the, if the if the powers that be are sitting in bars on a Wednesday night at two o'clock in the morning, this company doesn't have long to live. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't. Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, they went down kind of quick, didn't they? Uh, uh huh. Well, they got yeah. they got they got caught in what I call the downward spiral. Which uh, one of these days I have to do a class on how to run a restaurant because the downward spiral is it's it's really easy because see originally this is 
Yeah, it's really easy to do. It's called you're being run by accountants suddenly. Because what oh. happens is uh, um, in Seagaller's place, they were they were a seafood place, and they were famous for their salad bar and stuff. And then they they the accountants got there, and they said, well, you know what? We're using cod, and cod, the price of cod is going up, so we're going to have to go to Pollock. And Pollock is cheaper than cod, and but it's not all. It's not bad. It's almost as good. And then they had to go to what they called Alaskan whitefish, which was a myriad of whatever it happened to be white, and they caught. And so, and that wasn't nearly as good and or flavorful. So, that so sound good. But they bought that, and and then then of course they said, well, labor is kind of expensive. We need to have fewer people, and we and. Uh, uh, so that we can make money and so they 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 cut salaries and they made people work longer hours and bigger sections so that the service wasn't as good the food took longer uh it wasn't as consistent and voila over the over the course of time people go have you ever been to a restaurant like that where you go i, I there's another one that's at south center that i need that uh i can't use their name either but um I used to uh, sell them uh, uh, chicken and stuff, and they had a wonderful, wonderful idea. They gave you more food than you could possibly eat. They had it was it was very nice. They had great. They actually as a as a uh, um, as a uh, garnish, you got a little apple, and it was. I mean, I mean, then like a cran apple. No, just a just a regular uh, uh, apple, but they were smaller, and they used that as a garnish. And you and the food was really good, and it was it was more than you could possibly eat. They used to have a dessert that was uh, uh, eight layer high uh, chocolate cake, and and I like this place. Yeah, well, it no longer exists as it was That's because it got taken over by a corporation. See, the oh, owner was. They, and they had per square footage when that owner owned it. They they had more sales per square feet than any restaurant in the country, and now they now they don't. They still do, do okay, but but it's it's not the same. I don't know how we got on that tangent. But. Well, do they still have eight layer chocolate yeah. cake? They still have that, so we'll have to go. We'll have to go get the. Uh, um, oh, by the way, they are right now at South Center. They're right next to a place called Twin Peaks. Now, I'm not exactly sure why they call it Twin Peaks, but I haven't been in there yet. What do you think? Why do you think they call it Twin Peaks? Uh, there's two. Uh, uh oh, is it the waitresses? <laughs> <laughs> winner, winner, winner! I got it. I got it. On your See, first, I knew head. my dirty mind would pay off someday. <laughs> <laughs> so, at least that's what I've been told. I haven't been there yet. Um, but I'm told it's like an upscale <laughs> Hooters. Uh, <laughs> upscale Hooters. <laughs> I don't. I don't know how. how... <laughs> Instead of fried food, they bake it. <laughs> exactly. And, how and nice. It, they do. <laughs> I. I don't know. I haven't been there yet because now. See. Now that I'm older, I do the, the same thing with going to movies by myself, eating alone, or something. You like have that. no friends. Yeah, it's like, oh, poor guy. Oh, poor guy. Poor man has no friends. It's, it's like walking into a movie theater with popcorn and, and a pop, and you're going to watch a movie that maybe nobody else in your family likes that movie, and so you're going to see it because you're, you're the only one, and it's, everybody looks at you like, oh, poor man. Now, most of my friends prefer it that way. 
<laughs> well, you have a you, but but you you eat you, you like to go do your own thing, but you you have got a ton of friends. I know you do. Uh, yeah, you know, my my friends, my friends uh, like me at the distance I am. That's how I like to describe. <laughs> <laughs> As long as you're a distance away, then they they think that's great. No, that's you've got a, you've got a ton of friends. You've got a great attitude and a great sense of humor, and and uh, you, I need to talk to you about your smoking addiction, but we'll talk about that another time. Uh, I'm staying away from smoking. I'm slowly yes. getting away. <laughs> uh, but you got to do you got to do that because you just got to. So you just got to. So we were talking about uh, the guys in the booth that were talking about uh, um, uh, QAnon or uh, conspiracy theory stuff. Um, that's where I think we left off before I went on my tangent. Um, and then we um, hop back over to Amazon and they're passing on uh, the union, trying to get a union started in Alabama. Yeah. And, and that's happening, trying to, they're starting to get that happening. I think this week, I think there was a, a pretty fair chance that was going to happen. And if that happens, that could change the model of how Amazon does business. And to be honest, I'm on the fence on that. I'm all for unions because I want to see people well paid. I want to see people well taken care of. They should have medical expenses. They should be able to afford housing. I mean, it's interesting that... Uh, People that live in Seattle, very few people can afford their own home. Why, what do you need to make uh, $72,000, $73,000 a year to purchase a home in Seattle? That's not, not even close. Not, not even close. You know how much they, <clears throat> the average sale of a house in Seattle is half a million dollars. Yeah, That's see, the average. See, so, so how many people afford that? Well, even at uh, your, 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 at our salary, which is if we work, if we work a little bit over time, we can really do quite well, but at half a million dollars, that's 2,500 plus a month right off the top. Nice. If, if you live by yourself, it's, it's, it's impossible for you to, my, my son makes last year he made in the 80, 80 something thousand. And he does. The problem is, is that, that he's got anyway is that that to live anywhere costs fifteen hundred dollars a month. I'm not surprised. There's a a woman that was in my training class. Now she's a younger. I think she's knocking on the door of thirty, one side or the other, and she's got one, maybe two kids. I'm not really sure. I've got to ask her on this, but she just bought a house in Spanaway which is a good hour from Seattle. Yep. And I know, and she's a single parent. Do you know how much you paid? I don't. I, you know, I wasn't comfortable to ask her that, but I know a few drivers that uh, have places, you know, an hour or so away from Seattle because, you know, having a place in Seattle, even for us, like you said, we make a, a pretty decent living. Mm-hmm. For us to be able to afford a place in Seattle, you have to work for Amazon. That's the bottom point. That's that's why that's my trepidation about things changing for Amazon, because they do provide, and they also <laughs> have been responsible for the rise of uh, the housing cost as well. Uh huh. 
it's a double-edged sword, man. And they've gone into that other city where it was Amazon headquarters too, and their housing prices raised as well. Yep. So wherever they're going to go from now on, whatever effects they have on any city, it's going to have both good and bad effects no matter what they do. And that is the nature of capitalism as it is today. Mm -hmm. And that is why the term socialism and the term capitalism and how we define what is Republican and what is Democratic is so vital in this upcoming 2022 election because that will define how we move forward in the in my, my opinion how we move forward in the next 50 years because what's on what's at stake here is not just commerce as we lay out but also the environment because gm all the major car factories have committed 2035 is the first year that they drop the combustible engine and they fully commit to electric engines. That's when we start committing ourselves to alternative power. Now, if we lose this next election, 2022, then it is possible that we recommit ourselves to coal. <laughs> now, how are we going to possibly compete in the world when we're committed the biggest economy, our second biggest economy now to China, how are we going to compete with the rest of the world when the rest of the world now is better than 50% Germany is better than 50% alternative energy, mm -hmm. Finland, Sweden, I don't know the percentages, but they're on that cusp. And they may be better than 50% reliant on alternative energies. We're not there yet. We should be because we're the country that has all this money. We claim we're the, we're the greatest country. I don't know how. That's a mytho That's mythological, how we claim that we're the greatest country. We, we've struggled with each other about what is great. When we say what is great, we're talking about one segment of the population that's enjoyed greatness. The rest of the population, like the Asians and the uh, black people and natives and whoever else that aren't, aren't white have suffered significantly. And they're just getting up to speed in this past uh, few decades. And hopefully 2022 will be the statement that truly brings them a step forward into a real equality that uh, will take us into 2035 when the world can settle down and we do have uh, alternative energies on the map. I'm going to ask you a question as, as a bus driver. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, the bus driver question I have for you is... After you get done throwing your drink, <laughs> I just dropped my pipe. I think my doctor cast a spell. <laughs> oh, go get, go get your pipe back. I got it. Uh oh, I got it. It fell in my lap. It was unlit. Paula says that we 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 froze on her. We did. Yeah. So, so let's let's assume. 
Okay, I was just kidding. (laughs) I was just joking. Okay, you're a bus driver. I would like you to tell me, when was the last time you had um, a person of color, a lady of color, and three or four people get on your bus at the same time? Three or four kids. Or five or six kids, or two two people, two women of color, and and four or five or six or seven kids get on the bus with her at the same time. How long has that ever happened with, to you? With her? Yeah, they're her kids, um, and they, she's got three, four, or five. You now you don't live in the South End. I can tell you from my experience that in the South End that happens all the time. That you have got you've got people of color that uh, they have to take the bus because they have too many kids. They can't, you know, they, they don't make enough money or whatever, um, but they've got two, three or four kids. Has that ever happened to you? Actually, yes, because I drive Route 60. It takes ah. me through the International District. Right. And right. through South Seattle. So, so I let do, me, yeah. So let me ask you a question. Uh-huh. Have you ever had a white lady and three or four or five white kids get on your bus at the same time. No. The white people are not producing the way that they need to produce if they're going to keep up. It's interesting you would say this because I remember having this conversation in junior high with Mrs. Lee, with Mrs. Lee, who was, Chinese, if I remember correctly. However, she spelled her name L-E-E. So I'm really not clear if she was Chinese. Maybe she was Japanese. I don't know. She's Asian. And it was junior high. I believe it was seventh grade. And it was social studies. And there was a discussion that uh, we were talking about minorities and population growth. And it was, I forget the exact date and and I remember the date now is wrong because it's past but it was like 2016 something like that white people would be in the minority and Latinos would be the majority of uh, people in the United States and we talked about the effects of that and you know being a what I thought was a white little kid back then I was a little bit sad because I thought you know America was beautiful fireworks apple pie and you know, I was racing little quarter midgets at the time. Everybody was white. We had one black girl that raised quarter midgets. And, you know, it was pretty white vanilla stuff back then. I didn't really understand. I just knew the world was going to change. I was unprepared for this. And I didn't find it scary. I just thought it was just kind of sad. I didn't know much about Mexico. But uh, I figure if I remember this conversation from 1970, ish Mm -hmm. how is it possible that the rest of the world forgot this information from you know i learned this in north seattle from an obscure junior high school it well they have and in fact they haven't forgotten it but that is leading to the fear that the there's a segment of the population in our country that are predominantly white people that are scared that they're going to lose their majority and their 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 favored status of this being a white country, quote unquote. Um, well, here's, here's an alternative view on it. Maybe white people aren't as sexy as we think. 
Maybe we're so bad at sex, we just don't want to have it with each other. And the other people look at us and say, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? what? But you know what Ms. Lee did not bring up, which is um, an issue, which is going to be a much bigger deal. My, I'm ready. I've got a prediction. Prediction, prediction. Predicted. The the uh, issue that's going to become a much bigger deal than anybody thought was what I call a blended family. What a blended family is, is a white parent, a black parent, and racially um, 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 kids with with uh, that have both the other parents blood in them. And so they, they are mixed race kids. Um, and that generationally, what that's going to mean, because more and more people doesn't matter if you're white or black or whatever, it's who you love. And as more of those people get together and they produce more kids, we're going to have more multiracial families. And those people are going to end up the, the, the whites only dating only white people's that's going to go away uh and stuff like that so what do you do with I, i'll give you a great example we step, up, we step up our game as sexy people apparently <laughs> no I, I have a really good friend she is a uh a wonderful white lady she's married to a wonderful black man they she has Two children, one is from a prior marriage, and he was a one a good black man, from what I understand. And then, and then their their son now, who doesn't look like either of them. Um. So, so now is he? I want you to think about this because I'll wait for your answer. His his mom is white, his dad's black. What is he? Um, lucky uh, Mahano Mahamo Mahamo. What do they call that? Ma- Milano, Milano. That's it. Milano. Is that the right term? It's Louisiana term. That's an old. People don't use that term anymore. So. Oh, I'm sorry. I hope I didn't say something. No, you you were fine. But uh, unless Paulette's upset about it, but uh, I I uh, apologize. (laughs) (laughs) But but that's the way our culture. We are going to end up being a mixed race culture. It's going to be it's going to be white. It's going to be black. It's going to be Asian. It's going to be Hispanic, and they're all going to get together. I mean, I like Hispanic girls. Those are, you know, Hispanic oh, girls are very pretty. They're lovely, yeah, absolutely. You know, so so as we go, that that whole thing is going to change. And there's a segment of our country, uh, predominantly in the middle Rust Belt and in the South, like what's happening in Georgia with the uh, voting rights thing that we were going to talk about, and is that is that the uh, um, they are so scared that they're no longer going to be able, that white people are not going to be able to control the government by who they put in because there are not enough of them. That's what they're scared about. That's why they're doing what they're doing. I think it's apparent to, you know, most of us, I mean, we, you and I see it. I think most of us are going to pick up on that rather quickly. The two gentlemen that were at the cafe the other day, I think they're going to have a hard time, uh, picking up on that that may not ever occur to them but uh uh, quite a few people will see that and hopefully they'll vote accordingly well it's it's interesting um because and i hope it's done right i'm gonna go out on a ledge here i'm gonna go out on a ledge here because i love cultures 
Mm-hmm. I absolutely love culture because I love art. Yeah. And art is, art is vital. You know, art is vital to our existence. And like I was talking about, you know, Reagan, oh, ending, bringing on, you know, large corporations like Home Depot. And now you go into any city and you fly into the airport. And let's say you're blindfolded and you're dropped off in the city. You may not know what city you're in. It may take you a little while to figure it out because you're going to see a lot of the same restaurants, a lot of the same stores that you see in just about every city across America. It might take you a few minutes to figure it out. And that's because of, you know, the political movement happened at that time. And indeed, you know, at some point we're going to become, we're, we're, we're not going to be, we're going to become so interracially mixed that we, I don't want to say that we're one race because we're one race now. We're not going to be separated into white blacks and we're going to be, you know, I hope that doesn't happen. And I want to say that in the right way. You know, what doesn't happen? Well, I hope that there's always room for different cultures like there was a Star Trek episode that absolutely I'm such a geek. <laughs> there, there was a Star Trek episode where there was this planet. It was Beverly Crusher <laughs> who had <laughs> who had people that don't know who Beverly Crusher was. She was a doctor on the Enterprise and she was Scottish descent. And there was this uh, planet that was dedicated to the Scottish culture. And there were aliens that fell in love with the Scottish culture. And the president of the planet was from some far off land. And he didn't look very human at all, but he wore a kilt. And he spoke in that, you know, that I can't do a Scottish accent. But yeah, he looked like you and he spoke, and he had, you know, but and he spoke in a Scottish accent. I thought that was wonderful. And I hope that's what we do, that we keep the cultures alive. If we do uh, become... I don't even know how to say it. If we do, you know, intermix enough where there's only one color of us, I hope that we keep our cultures alive. And we go back to local, local, uh, local cultures and not these. uh, Yeah, I know Beverly and Wesley. There we go. See, you're a geek too, Paulette. (laughs) (laughs) Well, what I'm, what I'm hopeful of is that we as a people, begin to celebrate all culture, all cultures, all different ways of looking at things and the and stuff. Uh, I, I think that would be, you know, it's great having a Cinco de Mayo and then the St. Patty's Day. St. Patty's Day is a wonderful day to have, you know. Absolutely. Um, and, and all of those, but we have to respect each culture and we should, and we should uh, applaud each one, including including the quote-unquote white culture with when you look at it well let's you look like let me see yeah you look like a white guy yeah i've been told that as a white guy (laughs) what nationality are you I, i know you're an american citizen but where are you from um the dna would say that i'm english danish little bit of German and uh, the rest is you know multiples of white white uh, stuff in there so pretty <laughs> much you know a lot of European stuff 
a right. lot of European stuff. I am a truly a uh, the mix, truly a mix. And then you know the native. They, they call you and I mutts. We're just mutts. yes. That, that's I'm, it. I'm I'm half German. I'm a quarter French. I'm Indian Irish, um, um, English Irish, Scottish canadian a little bit indian and stuff and so but you see we are byproducts of the fact that we grew up in in europe in a predominantly white area of the world we we had no choice but to come out white uh but those days are now disintegrating because of the globalization of the entire world um that's that's how the pandemic hit so fast that's how because we are now um the we are a conglomeration and that you can go anywhere and do anything and be any color you want to do anything you want which is really good um but some of us are having trouble with that they are having trouble for that they they completely bought in the mythology of what america of the greatness of america was based on mythology of america is great because of what it conquered and they want june cleaver back they want you well we all want june cleaver back we love june cleaver <laughs> she made cookies she made cookies and, and she, <laughs> she made home. cookies and, and she, she was great at airplane she was great at airplane too <laughs> <laughs> talk and about man. a perfectly cast moment man nobody could have played that part better than june cleaver no, no. She was, that's, <laughs> you speak jive. I speak jive. <laughs> See, and you've got a weird sense of humor too. I know. That's, 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 uh, but that's but that's what they want to go back to. They want uh, Ward and June, and and they want the kids that uh, behave themselves and 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 stuff. And and but those days are gone. Those days, Those days are gone. as they should be, as they should be. You know, as wonderful of a show as Leo to Beaver was, I don't recall them having a little black kid on there. They didn't. There wasn't they one. Didn't. No, and our gang had a little black kid on there that was adorable and smart and charming. You know what yeah, happened? Except what happened? that he would he that even even with little gang and those they <laughs> stereotyped that kid. Yeah, they this did. this. This is what we picture of a black kid in America with a big eyes, <laughs> big lips. No, that his little afro would rise, you know, and shock them. <laughs> they he did. was adorable. Yeah, yeah. Well, did, did you ever did you ever see the movie? Oh, here we go on on movies and stuff. Did you ever see Gone with the Wind? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. The gal that was uh, uh, the the um, and she won an Academy Award for this. I don't know her name, but uh, she was the uh, maid, the oh, African American, and that was just pure stereotype yeah. of and and stuff. And wasn't she and classically so, uh, trained or something? Yes, I believe so. I believe so. And and she won an Academy Award. I I don't know her name, but but in those days, that if you wanted to act, if you wanted to work, that's who you had to be. Yeah, I heard about that. You know, and there were a bunch of there were you know what's interesting, there were a bunch of films produced by African Americans back then. All black American cast members produced by black Americans that you don't see much of that would be absolutely fascinating 
I saw some some story about it. I'm going to try to look this up and send you the information on this. Because, yeah. boy, what a story that would be, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, yeah. Well, you, you know, one of the first movies. I, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say a line from it and see if you can figure it out. Okay. Uh, figure out what it is. Okay. And, uh, and, and, uh, but it was one. It, it was in. I was in high school, so it was in between seventy-one and seventy-five that they were showing this movie in high school, and they were showing it as a, uh, as a, a piece of what uh it was like in the south and the prejudices of the south and that and that's sort of, so um here's the here's the line are you ready i'm ready they call me mr tibbs oh um somebody came to dinner right act or wrong movie oh um god because it was sydney portier there yeah. was in both of them, uh, but it was in the heat of the night. In the heat of the night, with Man, Rod there was Tiger. a TV show on that. Yeah, oh, there was. They they built a TV show around it later on, but originally Rod Steiger, who was a cop, fat cop, the drink, who uh, um, 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 chewed gum all the time, and and he called called him boy, and that's what he said. What do they call you up there, there boy? They said they call me Mr. Tibbs because he was a uh, detective with the police force up there. Yeah. And so you're a detective. You can't be a detective. You're black man. You know, anyway. So, but that we've come a long way since then, kind of sort of. When cultures clash. But there is still, I'm convinced, there's still somebody in the South who is a caricature of that sheriff. I have no doubt, and he very may well be sitting in Congress or as a senator. <laughs> he got himself elected. Yeah, that's right, because they kept the black people from voting, and so it was only the white people could vote. Hey, guess what? They're doing that again. Again. Desperately. Desperately. And and because, as we've discussed, without if... if um, if they tried to operate legally and have everybody vote, they would lose. You know, the Republicans right now are way overrepresented, way overrepresented. Yeah. You know, if we did an honest, uh, honest Democratic vote, one one vote per person got rid of gerrymandering and got rid of the, uh, uh, oh, God, what do you call it? The um, college um the voter college. Um, oh, the electoral college. Electoral college. If we got rid of that, Republicans wouldn't even be. They wouldn't even be on the map. They've no. gerrymandered so much. They're so far overrepresented. They're they're desperate to do anything possible. What's interesting, and what really angers me, is conservative conservative thought doesn't have to be one thing. No. You can take. You can take solar power and approach it in a conservative, uh, in yes. a conservative manner. It doesn't have to be coal. No, nope. you know, come on. So, it's almost like since the Democrats have uh, 
staked out the position that they are the party of um, renewable energy and and moving forward. It's almost like the the Republicans are saying, well, we can't take damn. They took that position. So I guess what we're going to have to do is to say, no, coal's better. We're going to we're going to not we're going to stay where we are. We're not going to progress or do any of that. It's because of the positions they take, I guess. I, I can't figure it out myself. They just want to be oppository. That's all they want to do. Anything anything Democrats say, they want to say the opposite. And same basically is true for the Democrats. Anything the Republicans want to say, Democrats most likely and not really as bad, but are going to try the opposite approach. It's true. So, it's true. I wish we didn't have to do that, or we didn't yeah. do that. And we yeah. would figure it out. But but you said it early in the, in our conversation that if things don't change and the Republican Party doesn't change, it could get wiped out. Could. It could. Um, good riddance. Good riddance, in my opinion. They yeah. in their current form, in my opinion, they they deserve to go away. If they can't adapt, you know, uh, as an example of uh example of uh, darwinism they need to just go away you have to evolve or you disappear from the earth that's an established method of uh, survival it amazes me that they can go to like the um the republican national convention and they can you can pan through the audience and you see white people with an occasional person of color but not very many um and they don't and they don't think there's anything wrong with that no they don't they but don't. that's that can't that cannot stand because there are too many and of course right now have you have you been watching the news in the last day or two a little bit i'm trying to keep my blood pressure down lately but i, I do a little bit and the trial of George Floyd is going on. Oh, yeah, I've listened to some of that. I've listened to some of that. Whew. One of one of the broadcasters um, put up a clock and he, and he said, okay, he was underneath that man's uh, knee for nine minutes and 24 seconds. So we're going to start this clock and I'll let you know when it ends. And it was like, it seemed like forever. That, that he was underneath that man's um, knee for nine minutes and that ended up killing him. And, and you know, it's, it's almost unspeakable. I agree. It's inexcusable. There is no defense of that. I don't know how they can try to defend it. it it's disgusting. That guy has no business... And he's got a record of this. What's his name, that cop again? I, he's got no business being a yeah, policeman. I don't know. I don't know. You know and people are yelling at him. Let us help him. Let him breathe. He can't breathe. And he's holding him off with pepper spray. What a bastard. That, sir, is a wordsmith. That is a perfect word to use in that particular case. Because that's that's what he is. That's he's he he is, a bastard. Man. Yeah. He's I'll a tell bastard. You. Well, you know, Eric, we could talk all day long, but we got to save something for next week. <laughs> Time flies, man. It just astounds me. It just astounds me. I really enjoyed talking to this. And Paulette, thank you for joining us. 
Yes. <laughs> One of these things. The next time, Paulette, you're going to have to come on the air with us, and and uh, that would be fun for you, wouldn't it? We can. I can give you the uh, um um the the link, and you can come on and and uh, you can you can talk to us. What do you think? Huh? 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 I think she's going to go quiet. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. There she goes. Yeah. As always, you you all have entertained and enlightened me. <laughs> Thank God we did something for somebody today. Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, it's been fun. Paula, thank you so much for being here. And uh, Mr. Transcent, trans, I can't even say it. Say it for Tran me, would you please? Transit transients. Thank you very much. Thank you for being here, sir. I will look forward to seeing you next Wednesday. This is becoming the funnest part of the funnest day of the week for me. It is for me. It is for me. That's for sure. I picked up a kite and I'm going to go fly my kite today because it's nice. So I got to go down to the beach. And I'm gonna fly my kite. Oh, you're gonna go down to what? Which beach? Um, I don't know. Might go down to Lincoln Park. I might go down to uh, Sea Sea Salt Park, Saltwater Park, something like that. Oh, yeah. cool! Yeah, I, you know. So you you can sing the song that was on uh, uh, Mary Poppins. That's where I got the idea because I watched Mary Poppins <laughs> last week. That's. <laughs> <laughs> Go fly a kite. That's it. That's it. So I thought, man, I got to get me a kite. That, that's exact. That's amazing, man. That's exactly where I got the idea. Well, <laughs> well, well there you are. See? See? And because of how you said it, I'm going to go fly a kite. That's it's, right. Oh, uh, I love that song. It was near the end of the movie, if I recall. Anyway, we, I could talk for hours, so. Okay. And Paulette's left us, so so she's had enough of our shenanigans. So in any event, uh, and by the way, right, if you're listening to this later on and you enjoy uh, our bantering back and forth, we're here every Wednesday at noon. And uh, please comment, like us, uh, do do some, you know, um, make make me make us do something nice. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, subscribe. That's it. I can't watch. There are some words that I just cannot seem to remember. And subscribe is one of those. Subscribe. So, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Subscribe. So, I mean, I'm get, we're getting more and more people that are subscribing. So I uh, do it. that. So that, yeah. Yeah. So that more people can listen. So it's great. Excellent. fun. Excellent. Yeah. That guy over there, his name, Eric Hall. Right. <laughs> the guy right. behind you. Oh. Uh, and, and my my name's Kevin, and uh, we'll be back uh, later on for thank some you, more fun stuff. So, uh, thank you very much, young man. Thank you, Kevin. I, I have I have enjoyed this one like no other. Same here. Perfect. <laughs> See ya. <laughs>Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.